Ever wondered how to make money and conflict work for you? Is that even a thing? Today you're listening to Sarah Squared, a conversation brought to you by conflict resolution expert Sarah Blake and finance expert Sarah Wells. They'll be sharing personal stories, real-life professional cases, and heaps of tips on how you can turn problems into opportunities. They do this with humour and more than likely a bottle of gin. So don't let the uncomfortable stop you from moving forward. Welcome everyone to Sarah Squared. Uh, we're back again to talk about all things money and conflict and how we can make help you make them work for you. Sarah, um, we're kicking off with another doozy today, talking about the true cost of perfection. Look, I think we all suffer from this. I mean, whether it is presenting our life on Instagram, and I talk a lot about Instagrammable moments <laughs> because I see I see people just put themselves under so much pressure to look a certain way. And trying to define it into something that we can talk about today, I think it came back to this true cost of perfection. What is it really costing us in terms financially, peace of mind and happiness around having everything today? I think that people are on this constant drive to earn as much money as they can or win the lottery and won't that fix all our problems? Or whether it is to come up with the next amazing mumpreneur business or I was talking to a 22-year-old and it's like she has to become an influencer. Yes. How many followers can I get? And what is the cost of those followers? You know, this, this girl is getting herself into debt to present herself a certain way on social media to hit this magic number. I see it so often and I see the cost of this constant search for perfection. And when reality catches up with you, it's not always pretty. It's not pretty. And it generally happens in what I like to classify as like the unsexy moments. (laughs) So like, you know, accident or illness, the involuntary division of assets or divorce, as I call it, or we get older. Like I find it now as a woman in my 40s, you know, I'm not a woman in my 20s. (laughs) You know, what is is my course of perfection? Zoom meetings, looking at the wrinkles on my forehead, like life is not always pretty. It's not always pretty, (laughs) but it's beautiful. And I think that's the message I want to get across when we talk about the true cost of perfection is it doesn't mean that life is black or ugly. It's just not perfect. Yeah. Isn't that a really powerful thing when we start to think about what is perfection and why are we striving for perfection? Should we be striving for that? Because I I don't know about you, but because I spend so much time in the conflict space, I really start to see that there's beauty even in the mess. I couldn't agree more when it comes to the messy side of life. Like mess is where you you have grit. And we were talking earlier about gritty conversations. You know, that's where we get vulnerable. That's where we kind of really look at the things in our life that make us happy. And we also have some of our biggest reality checks. Like if we're talking about the decisions we make around this true cost of perfection, I see people today start where their parents finished off in life. Like they want the big house on the big block of land. 
they want in the best suburb, in the best school zone. They want their kids to go to private schools. Um, they also want uh, the newest car. And now that they can't travel, they want everything else that life has to offer. So whether it's the new upgrade on whatever the new home theatre system is or the new bathroom or the new tiles. like A swimming pool. I see so many swimming pools going in our local community. It's like you can't go anywhere, so let's get a pool. That's right. But will this make people happy? And is drowning in this additional debt really going to achieve the outcome? You know, my my question that I have to, to people at the moment is there has never been a better time to pay down debt than there is now with low interest rates. But do you know what we do? We borrow more because we see it as there's never been a better time to borrow. So a lot of it is is really looking at what is this cost? What in having that newest car or having the new iPhone? I mean, I just went through a process recently with Telstra where they were devastated that I did not want the newest phone. <laughs> they couldn't understand that I simply wanted to go from a $150 a month plan down to a $50 a month plan and keep my $100. Yeah, seems straightforward to me. <laughs> But so here's my theory. The theory I think comes down to is it's about this perception we give to other people. So I see this a lot with self-employed people. You know, they'll go out, they they may have worked for someone in the past and, you know, they're that typical individual that goes, I can do this better. Is this like this new entrepreneur as well that's going to change the world? They're going to change the world. They're going to have the next great idea and that we can all work for ourselves and do well at it. So they'll go out and they may have either borrowed some money or they they may have saved some money or whatever it is that they choose to do. And, you know, they might get a business that's, that's going well, but they actually fail to pay themselves. Mm-hmm. They fail to have that conversation where they sit down and they kind of go, well, I value myself as much as I value my employees. And it's it's really becoming a lot more apparent now in COVID because a lot of business owners have really had to put themselves in a position to keep their business going. Yeah, And they've put some of their own personal money in. A lot of business owners have had been required to take on additional debt in order to keep those businesses going, particularly on the East Coast. It's it's not easy for them at the moment and it probably won't be, be easy into the future. But what I'm really trying to unpack with them and a lot of the people I speak to is what is that cost? If the business is not in a position to be viable pre-COVID, is it going to be in a position to be viable post-COVID? And is it really a, a, a decision that they need to have that maybe the business is going to fail? And we talked about um, failure earlier. Oh, it's such a hard conversation. My heart starts pounding when I hear that. But I also fully agree with it because COVID has placed enormous pressures on all of us business-wise. And we want to give out this this idea that we're successful and look how great our business is and we've survived COVID. But I think that hard reality sometimes is that sometimes this business isn't viable anymore. Or sometimes, you know what, we haven't made great decisions that position us into the future. And we have to deal with those realities at some stage. But we seem so afraid of failure. So afraid. And we do it in so many areas of our life, whether it is, you know, with our children or with our cars we drive or with our pets now, you know, like every pet's got to have an Instagram page and be absolutely (laughs) amazing. (laughs) Like I just think about all the Amazon dog coats, clothes and bits and pieces that are arriving at people's homes so they can put them on social media and be the next, you know, dash hound of... There is so much pressure, isn't there? And And I find myself sometimes feeling that pressure to put these perfect photos on Instagram or feeling this pressure to say how successful I am. And, and sometimes I just need to remind myself that, hey, 
Reality is much more than the pictures that everybody else sees. But it also catches up with us. Yes. Like eventually it will catch up with us and we're not as resilient as life goes by. And I and I do find that a lot of people as they sort of get into their 40s and 50s, which is what I'm approaching now, <laughs> is that we start to really question some of the priorities that we've had early on because we're not able to rebound back from them. Yeah. And our retirement, which is also not sexy like I have I am yet to see an awesome Facebook page or some kind of amazing social media post around retirement apart from the awesome retirement living places I can go and live in is we forget about those things and we start to focus on having everything now rather than thinking about our future self yeah we want to live in the moment have in the moment and have the biggest and best thing that we can yeah so what I think I hear you saying is sometimes the true cost of perfection isn't felt now but it's felt in the future. So we pay the price now for our perfection. We'll pay that price, I guess, down the track. Most definitely when we get to retirement or when we want to have a choice. And I think one of the biggest things that I've looked at life now is I thought that I would want to work till I was 70 in my 20s. Yeah. Like I thought that's what everyone did. That's what we wanted to do. That's the responsible thing in life. What I found as time has progressed is I want to have more options in my life. So mm-hmm. I value now choice more than I did in my 20s. So if I put myself in a situation where I can have that choice through, you know, boring things like savings <laughs> or the concept that I love the most, which is paying your future self. And I kind of, we came up with this topic so I could weave that one in there for people, <laughs> which is one that I'm really, really big on, is I have that choice. And I think particularly for small business owners or self-employed people, this notion about valuing yourself your future self, not just right now, and your Instagram feeds and followers. It's so important for sustainability. Well, it is because I see people mortgage their homes to start small businesses. They don't put money into super. Mm. They struggle to pay down debt. And they put everything into this business that one day this business will be worth something and they'll be able to sell it and everything will be okay. And then something like COVID comes along. Yeah. Look, I have to admit that when I first started my own business, so I've been running varying forms of business for over 10 years now. When I first started, I didn't really manage any of that well. I didn't pay my super, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And it wasn't until I reached a point where, hey, I need to value me and I need to value my own future. And it it shifted for me and allowed me to take my business much more seriously. What caused that shift? I think it was recognising the cost. It was saying, hey, what I'm doing now is not going to serve my interests in the long term. I think at some point in life, we all have to get a little bit selfish. We do. And we don't like the word selfish. It kind of has this this really negative connotation. But a selfish business owner that thinks about themselves fairly and equitably as well as their staff is also a business owner that can build a sustainable business. Because if your business can't support you, then your business isn't doing its primary job. I think it's about taking responsibilities for those um, unsexy realities because that is a part of the responsibility of being a business leader. It's not just a shiny perfection that you see on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else. Being a responsible business leader is also taking seriously um, your financial future. It's doing a lot of the things that are a little bit boring. Oh, and they feel uncomfortable, right? Like no one loves bookkeeping. Oh, 
Taking photos of your invoices and sending them through. No one likes doing their taxes on time. No. No one likes planning for a rainy day. I mean, there are some of us out there that do get a little bit excited about (laughs) risk mitigation and insurance and and being able to future-proof. But... For anyone that either is running a small business or thinking about setting one up, it is really important to have a good panel of trusted advisors, people that you can talk to that will help you plan for your future self because no one wants to start a business and have to close it down. It's not pretty. It hurts. It certainly does. So I think if we're looking at a takeaway that can come away from this is when we're, when we're striving for perfection or when we're getting caught up in that moment where we think this new business or this new venture will make me happy is to really start to think about what is that true cost of perfection? Yeah. What are the decisions I'm about to make? What am I worried about here? And is this sustainable for me? Yeah, this sustainability point I think is really critical and it is recognising that uh, you're playing a long game here. It's not just about being an overnight success. No, it's not. Well, I hope that has helped give you guys some insight into the true cost of perfection and perhaps encourage you to shift your mindset a little bit differently and to lean into uh, different ways of considering sustainability. This is Sarah Squared, bringing the conversations of money and conflict to your listening table. We'll speak again soon. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Sarah Squared, where we hope you've discovered some useful tips on how to turn life's messy moments into opportunities for growth. If you'd like to support this podcast, please subscribe and share it with others. If you'd like to get in touch with either of the Sarahs, go to Instagram at Sarah Squared Podcast to stay up to date.